Welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in to What is Wellness. I am your host, Kristen O'Connor. I've been a private chef for the past 10 years, focusing heavily on wellness and helping actors and athletes achieve very specific body and health goals. And now I really set out on this quest to kind of excavate what actually is wellness, listening to as many expected and unexpected members of this very diverse community of experts. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave comments. Today on What is Wellness, I have Kevin Libby. Kevin is a nutritional counselor in Santa Monica, California, with over 20 years' experience. He has been since labeled an authority in nutrition and recognized basically worldwide. Kevin's specialty ranges from difficult weight loss cases, autoimmune and digestive issues, performance athletics, to actors and actresses getting ready for a big role or the red carpet. Kevin really prides himself on listening to his clients' needs and using latest technology available to fast-track success without compromising health. I'm really excited to talk to him today, so let's dive in. Hey, Kevin, it's so nice to have you here. Thanks so much for joining What is Wellness today. Oh, that's what it's called. What is wellness? That's great. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Kristen. I appreciate. Um, I was excited for this. This is uh, is this the first podcast of the year. Oh wow, that's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so you are a nutritionist. Yes. How did you? Before we even get into your philosophy on nutrition, how mm -hmm. did you get into what inspired your career and this direction that you've taken? You know, it was, it was a lot of different levels. You know, I like to think I really got my start when I was in just single digit, when I was just a little kid, where I took an interest. You know, a lot of kids get their chemistry sets and, you know, they play with bugs and ants. But I really was always kind of interested in the sciences. Um, but I, I, I ask a lot of questions. I, I brought up to my mom when I, I got Louis Pasteur you know, uh, who invented um, the cure for rabies and and, and got into uh, antibiotics, I was like, this isn't right. This doesn't seem right. I question a lot of things. But um, that's where I got my start, my my love of science and and, and you know, just chemistry and physiology. But really it was um, collegiate wrestling it was when I really started. I said something's wrong because, you know, we had to cut weight, you know, right. cutting yeah. weights. Yeah, it's just lose a lot of weight in a short period of time. It doesn't matter if it's fat. Uh, it's just make weight and, you know, but they would leave you fatigued, irritable, the way the methods we used or employed were just absolutely horrible. You couldn't compete at your optimal levels. So probably in the uh, uh, mid nineties, when I was going to college was when I was like, something's got to change. And I really dove deep into it and, and created my own program because I wasn't really classically trained. So kind of oh, interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah, is just by having like you know for some formal education with classes and whatnot, it was trial and error. Just like I don't need instructions; just give me, give me. Yeah, I'll build this IKEA cabinet on my own. That kind of thing. Oh, that's so fascinating. So, what did you study? I mean, I've studied all the sciences. You know what I mean. But at the same time, uh, the program that is now PH two, my company is is a collection of uh, mentors, um, other doctors. Uh, you know, pr practical application for what I'm, I'm going to be 45. So it's a 25 year journey really is what it is. It's interesting because I, so I have worked with um, clients as a chef, helping mm -hmm. them either put on a lot of muscle or lose weight for roles mm -hmm. in films um, and 
helping athletes recover from injury. And I don't have a nutrition background. I have, and I actually don't, I'm self-trained with as a chef as well. Right. <laughs> so everything that I've done has been self-taught intuitive and through just a natural inclination to want to learn. Yeah. And it's really kind of interesting to hear, you know, your side of, of things too, and your story, because it's inspiring, you know, that, that the passion that you have inside and like what you seek out in terms of learning can actually mm-hmm. form into profession. Well, you know, I, I've always taken to there's, there's education, there's learning. Uh, I work with lots of academics and a lot of those academics, remember uh, somebody puts on a white coat and tells you, this is the way things are. And they've got a curriculum and they've got to just get an A in the class and move on. It's like, well, there's no time for questioning and saying, well, you know, I have this theory or this idea. And I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by a lot of um, like truly amazing people. I don't I don't want to take all the credit for my program. This is a mix of other people's sciences, you know, like metabolic typing. You know, I stand on the shoulders of, of giants, you know, and just you can't limit yourself to one discipline, you know, studying Eastern philosophies of acupuncture, um, understanding the meridians, energy, what is energy, what is the body. And we get, we're going to get into, like you said, like my philosophies and my technique. <laughs> I would say I have a flow when people come into the office, but at the same time, it's uh, just, you know, people come and tell you their goals and you have to just figure it out as you go. I mean, God, I'm oversimplifying it. I'll let you know. No, no, no. I, I, and, and I actually kind of, I relate to that and understand that when I was working with somebody to put on 30 pounds of muscle in three months, it mm. was, I was a chef and it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't come up with the formula for what mm. we were supposed to do in terms of, I was cooking a very specific protein to carb to fat ratio mm. and a certain, like we had to hit a certain caloric number each day. And so I was in charge of really breaking that down and, and delivering on those points. But what I saw right away was that that was not working and it was not okay for him. And so I said, look, I'm not, I'm not here to make someone unhealthy. I just don't want to do that. It really came from intuition and really looking at this person and saying, and and hearing from him and knowing this isn't working. Right. And then we, I worked with the trainer and we really customized his experience over time and evolved it every single day. Every single day, I would do something a little bit different or tweak it just depending on what his body looked like, how he felt, what the trainer was doing. It's so dynamic. It's not a static program. It's just not about macronutrients. I'll give you two examples. Um, And the funny thing is there's, there's, um, you know, basal metabolic rate. It's uh, everybody's like, Kevin, what do you use? Do you use the Mifflin-Sanjor equation? Um, I, I, I used to use, just take someone's current body weight divided by a kilogram times 24 hours. That gives you a number. You could just take their current weight and add a zero. That's another way to determine basal metabolic rate, um, or plug it into an app. And there, and it was so funny because there's literally like a dozen academics on that side. And they were asking me, I was like, I was hoping you guys knew. They're like, <laughs> you were hoping you knew. I was like, that's funny. I go, so we were actually using a military equation that I never heard of, but I go, you guys are missing the point that we eat food, not calories. I go, that, 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 I go, that's what I want to get away from is the numbers. Calories are made up thing, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> for, for me personally, I don't, I personally don't count calories for myself for many reasons. Yeah. yeah um, it became a very unhealthy habit for me at one point in life. And that's called uh, orthorexia, constant weighing and measuring. 
Yeah. I mean, I had like all the Rexias, but like <laughs> I, I, I um, it, it was clearly not healthy, but I also find that it doesn't work, which actually all of this leads me to my first question for you is really mm. because we're, what we're talking about is individuality here. Yeah. We're talking about me working with this client, you working with your clients and you're saying like, mm. I'm over, I'm oversimplifying. Well, you're oversimplifying because the reality is you and I both know every single individual is different. I just read a New York Times article. I'm sure you saw it, but it was about it was about metabolism. They had studies from journal obesity and and mm. they were really kind of basing it off of the biggest loser. Okay. And studies that had been done and tracking metabolism. And it kind of like yeah. debunked a lot of thoughts that people had originally had about metabolism and how yeah. to increase it or decrease it. And you you really focus on metabolism as a huge part of your practice. So how, what is your approach to that? And how do you address the individuality of, you know, of each person's metabolism and helping them achieve their specific goals? Okay. So get that you, you nailed it with the individuality Uh, first and foremost, just like when I, the first time I walked into Gold's Gym, Venice, California, it's like, check the ego at the door. There's always someone stronger. So just, just don't even think you own the place. Just get in there and do your, be you. Uh, same thing when the, a client walks through the door, whether it's Jennifer, Dan, Steve, Randy, Karen, I don't care who walks through the door. You have to understand um, we're not prescribing to a type of diet. They're coming in there with a specific goal. Of course, there's the usual suspects, weight loss, energy, digestion, uh, sleep, uh, pain, inflammation, you know, those are things and they're all interrelated. So you have to assume they know nothing. We're starting from the, from the pyramid of consciousness. We're both at the, where we have to come down to the base. And first and foremost, I, I say no secrets in my office. Like you got to be open. Cause I don't want to get six months in and go, you know, and then they start opening up. So we have to build some trust and the way you build trust is by getting them results. And they're like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. So I guess I do, I do some dynamic testing in my office, uh, lipo, lipid profiles. I do a finger prick. I look at total cholesterol, HDL, LDL, and triglycerides, uh, glucose, hemoglobin, hematocrit, body composition, and uh, through InBody 770 and RMR. Once you have the baseline, then you have to, un- then you have to explain, okay, let's dispel some myths to the client. If it was calories in, calories out, the entire country wouldn't, or not entire country, but a third of the country wouldn't be obese, okay? It's more about yeast, gluten, mold, refined sugar, dairy, the infl- pro-inflammatory foods um, that are devout, or not devout, um, totally removed of organic, you know, loaded with uh, inorganic process, binders, fillers, you know, I, the way it was supposed to be was like you picked an apple from the tree and you ate it. Right. You, you know, you went, you went. <laughs> Like, well, like, like Dr. Um, Hyman, like farm to table, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you got to find out where they are, their current nutrient patterns, their current activity levels, their goals. And then um, I work in the in, in metabolism, explaining to people that there's three types of stress, chemical, emotional, physical, and all these things impact your metabolism. There's only two modes, right? There's either you're safe or you're not safe, protected or unprotected, whatever you want to call it. And each different stressor on the body, chemical, emotional, or physical, is going to increase the body's uh, adaptive mechanisms for protection. So when I look at the blood, it tells me, are the people good at fat, carbs, or both? Now we're eliminating guesswork of, should they be paleo? Should they be keto? Should they be fasting? 
that's a huge thing because if you go on the internet right now, depending on who you watch, whether it's bulletproof, oh, everybody should be in keto. If right. it's Dr. Fung, everybody should be fasting. If it's, you know, I, I don't I mean, I could name, a, a, I don't know, a lot of different people. They they prescribe to a type. Yes. But like you said, it's an individual. It's case by case. You know, of course, it's not about the program. It's about getting the worst program is the one that people can't follow. So you have to give them their body what it needs. I'm more about the optimal. It's like, okay, you're low in energy. Why are you low in energy? Is it anemia? Anemia, is it a th- low thyroid function? You know, overstressed active adrenals? Or is it just, are you under eating? Are you not sleeping because your cortisol levels are too high? So we're going to look at all those different factors and build a practical program, uh, which I call the foundation program when they start. Stick as close to your program, come back in. Let's see how your body responds. What's an example of somebody who you would say, look, I think intermittent fasting is would really work for you to reach your goals and to optimize your body's health? So, you know, there's there's some telltale signs of where a person's uh, strengths are. If they have strong legs, strong back, um, you know, that's fight or flight, right? If they have strong legs, they're, they want to run away from something. <laughs> huh. They have a strong back. Those are punching mu- muscles. And I use Mike Tyson as like a, an example because you know, he was orphaned right? Rejected at birth. You know, that, that plays a lot on your subconscious. Uh, so he wants to punch everybody, keep everybody at arm's length so that you, you, they can't hurt you. You hurt them so they can't hurt you. So that tells me a lot about usually people like that with the strong legs and back are more on the insulin resistant side. Oh, interesting. Um, they, they tend to have higher hemoglobin levels, uh, which high oxygen saturation hematocrit. What's that good for endurance capacity? For what? For running away. <laughs> so it, it goes hand in hand. You'll you'll generally see uh, more insulin resistance in a 93 to 99 uh, glucose, uh, resting glucose or fasted glucose and uh, triglycerides over 175 uh, because, you know, they're not uh, absorbing glucose the, the way they should be. So, you know, you could try by going straight into an inter- a balanced program of fats, carbs and proteins. But fast in a in an eight hour or a sixteen hour fast eight hour eating window, and see how they respond. That's really foreign to some people, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, that's very difficult I've, for some people. Have you ever asked everybody just go, "Hey, have you ever fasted for twenty four hours?" They're like, "What? No, that's crazy." Yeah, I try. I mean, I've tried it. It, it, it. I tried to do um, a twenty four hour fast one time, yeah. and it was. I know I am not built for it. Like I get dizzy yeah. and nauseous. If I skip, yeah, you get a vasovagal and then your parasympathetic nervous system goes off and then your stomach acid comes up. If your body's already in like a stress mode, then the acid's going to start coming up. It, so much with fasting has to do with your electrolytes. You got to get those right. Otherwise people, when you are drinking, did you do a wet fast? I was drinking water. Oh yeah. Yeah. So when you drink water, you're flushing out sodium. When the sodium levels deplete, insulin levels go up to maintain the hydration and then your craving goes through the roof and you're like, ah, you can't. Yeah. And I don't know if this plays a part, but I have a super low blood pressure to begin with. Yeah. And so then like, I actually feel that my body needs a bit more sodium Yeah. and I crave it. I crave salt all the time. If you're an anxious person or always like kind of tensed up, whether you hold it in your neck, your back, your hips, depending on where those, the tension is, remember uh, it's all sodium's involved in muscular contraction. And, and, and so is calcium. So then you need more magnesium and your body can start craving a lot of salt. 
So you know, there's a deficiency or, or not a deficiency. There's an imbalance in calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. Yeah. But that has to do with like somebody who's always tensed up. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when someone comes into your office, this is actually like, you know, super interesting to me. When someone comes mm. into your office, it sounds to me like you're taking information from a lot of different areas. You're not, you're also using psychology. You're using yeah. observation. You're yeah. using sleep patterns, presumably, and yeah. lifestyle patterns. So yeah, a lot of times I'm getting information without asking questions. But when they walk through the door, I'm not even joking. Remember posture, serotonin, if you have good posture, shoulder retraction, chest elevation, that means you have good serotonin levels. Yeah. So if their head's down and that little hump in the back, that's called a cortisol hump. So if their head's down, it's like, oh, they're depleted in serotonin, which means they're probably getting a lot of dopamine, whether it's through caffeine, alcohol, social media, things like that, which is going to mess with the transporters. So we know they're probably not sleeping well. So just by body language, if they have internal rotation of the feet or external rotation, open, closed gate, that tells me about their state. You know, you look at the bags under their eyes, kidney, uh, see if they, there's dry spots in the corner of their mouth, there's vitamin E deficiency. Before we're even in my office, I'm already like, okay, we're already writing stuff down. So you're, so the diet that then you craft for each individual is presumably mm -hmm. quite different. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing is, is everybody's got to eat food. Um, unless they're like a macrobiotic vegan, it's not going to be super like, you know, it's super crazy. Th that's the thing. There's a common misconception when people come in that I'm going to have them eating like, you know, like kelp and seaweed and like, we're just going to be doing collagen peptides with uh, a non-dairy kefir and, 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 and uh, chia seeds. You have to meet people where they are. I've worked with people in 65 countries in the world. And I don't know if all 50 states are not, but probably pretty darn close. You know, there's, there's regional foods. It really comes down to the energy pattern. So whether it's fats, carbs, or both, is it going to be a grazing pattern? You know, small meals throughout the day to manage their blood sugar, fasting or keto. Like, and then, a, or, and then various combinations of the other ones. For example, a record exec here at uh, Interscope is uh, he can still eat carbs. And everybody's like, what? Carbs? Carbs are bad. No, as long as he's fasting intermittently, he's fine. But he, so you can have his clean carbs, sweet potatoes, rice, yams, uh, quinoa, oatmeal, oat flakes, oat puffs, all like the single ingredient starches. But as long as it's in that eight hour, hour window, he's totally fine. And he loses weight and, and he doesn't crave. So. And that's to him specifically. That's to him just specifically. And then, you know, he, and I really, before I even start typing on the diet, I go, is there any foods that you don't like? Like, I'm not going to force somebody to eat sardines. If they right. don't like sardines. I'm not going to, my brother hates beets. My older brother, mm -hmm. I actually tricked him when we were kids and gave him a glass of beet juice and told him it was cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, was he was not happy with you about no, that. It was, it was brothers, that's brothers. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, if people are like, I hate kale, I'm not going to force them to eat kale. There's other uh, dark leafy greens to get iron. You know, it's like sometimes even after I run the diagnostics, like all the testing, I I, I don't say out loud, but I scratch on my head going, I have no idea what to do for this person. But really? then you start to dig. Yeah. You start to dig and peel back the layers of the onion. And at the end of it, to answer your question, it's like, okay, let's build a program that's going to work. You know, right. let's, let's really focus on hydration. Let's give you a consistent energy pattern. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta see what they're like, if they're a calorie person, they like, if they're currently eating 1200 calories, you can't take them to where they need to go. You have to take baby steps. And uh, like I said, build that trust.
Well, you've mentioned this consistent energy patterning a bunch of times. Can yeah. you go into more detail about what that means and how you use it? Yeah. So I, I always use this. It's like if it was 3000 years ago and we didn't have like all these buildings and all this tech around us, right? There's only two really major um, threats, famine or or you're being chased, chased by a by a tiger, right? Like mm-hmm. a predator. Um, so what, what are you going to need to do in that case? There's the, the fight or flight. So as long as you're eating consistently throughout the day, if you, I have two philosophies. One is eat all the food you need in one day. Like if you need 2000 calories, eat 2000 calories or eat nothing. It's one or the other. Uh, the, the philosophy is once you start eating, it sends a signal to the body. Everything signals. It says, oh, okay, there's food, there's abundance. So you better get all those calories. If the person needs 2000 calories, get those 2000 calories in or eat nothing. That way, like, okay, you know what happens after a 16 hour fast, then the body starts, uh, there's sirtuins and the autophagy effect goes into place and every, uh, it starts cleaning up metabolic waste products. So like a consistent energy pattern may consist of, we would call like a grazing pattern, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, and like snack. That way it's going to keep the blood sugar balanced throughout the day. And, you know, you, you'll see Dr. Fung, Dr. Hyman, um, they'll all be like, oh, that's terrible. You can't keep giving them sugars. But, you know, I don't know why people have um, stigmatized fruit as like the enemy. Like, oh, fructose is uh, my guess, the sweeter of the sugars and then certain bacteria feed on that sugar, the yeast base. At the same time, it's got sugar fiber water, antioxidants. And there's other um, nutrients in there that's going to be good for the body. Dr. Gundry would have a field day with like that. I'm totally wrong, but giving like, and all that it's really doing is telling the body that it's safe. Okay. If there's a perceived threat in someone's mind, the tiger is not really there. It's just like a trauma that may have happened when they were a kid and they haven't dealt with that. They tend to have higher heart rates. They're trying to have higher blood pressures and, and, you know, there's, it only takes a little thing to set them off. So they need a consistent energy pattern so that they're safe. The body is the unconscious mind. You've heard that before, I'm sure. So if you can make the body safe, then it's going to calm down your, bring down your cortisol levels, all your stress levels, just like controlled breathing. And it's like, oh, okay, we're safe. Once we've established a foundation for a six day, what I call a biocycle, then we could start messing around with it. But let's first and foremost, let's establish a benchmark. And like I said, like make, make the body feel safe. So what is a six-day biocycle? Well, the, the body works in three-day patterns. I don't know if you've ever noticed, like if you're ever uh, uh, jet-lagged, you're like kind of feeling funky for a couple. Of, yeah, it obviously has to do with uh, circadian rhythms and also peripheral clocks. Like every cell in your body has a clock system. Every three days, you can increase their calories or shift the calories. That's how I do some carb cycling with people, three-day patterns. So I call two three-day patterns together a biocycle or, or a one-week cycle. So after they've adapted after six days, then we can either increase or decrease or shift their caloric energy pattern. So energy pattern means the energy sources, either fats or carbs. Protein's protein. <laughs> right. So you're keeping those consistent is, is the Correct. point, right? Yeah. And not so much at a specific time, a specific order. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Specific order. Um, you know, kind of like if you looked at your day and actually wrote down like every action you took in a day, it's like, you know, subconscious. So you wake up, you might go have coffee. And then after you're done, like making breakfast, you go uh, uh, take a shower, brush your teeth, get dressed, commute for work. These are patterns, right? These are common patterns. If you pattern your foods 
with the, the energy sources in the same order every single day, then it develops an expectation after three days. And and how does that expectation impact the body? Safe. And then in so in protection mode, the body will not release fat. If the if the cortisol levels are up, adrenaline's up, then also insulin comes up and it will stifle hormone sensitive lipase. So you won't be releasing fat as an energy source. You'll be your body will just hold on to fat in a kind of like if I give you the same diet and and like everything was great and you were just like living on the beach and the breeze was there and the you know everything's totally safe versus giving you a diet and putting you in a burning building where it's chaos and fear you know your body's metabolic uh, me- or, uh, protective mechanisms kick on and the 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 diet will not work the same same food different environment and is that why certain people have a, a difficulty losing weight when they maybe like restrict calories or yeah. exercise a lot, you know, they're doing different things that isn't that supposed to be technically helping, right. but it's well, not. Right. So I'll give you the, I'll give you the backstory. When I, when I went on to PFC nutrition, which is Dr. Fogolia uh, in he's right around the corner from me in Santa Monica. So he was a Kardashian's nutritionist and all the Marvel characters. And with that, so I was in that office for many years and he did what was called metabolic typing. Uh, so it was through Duke university in the eighties they did a rice diet, I guess, before our time. Yeah. <laughs> there was uh, the um, Pritkin, Dr. Pritkin, they were, everybody was trying to do a heart healthy food program and it was high carbs. You know, now we look at that and go, that's crazy. Like that's just, <laughs> that's, but you know, this is before anybody worried about diet and uh, Duke University wanted to come up with their own diet. So they came up with rice. Uh, they used the geriatric patients at the Duke hospital. They gave them rice and rice like products and they took notes and they're like oh shit we're making excuse me if i can't swear they're like we're making these people fat and they're passing out and hypoglycemic so they pulled them off the rice and put them on fatty fish and peanut butter and poof everybody started losing weight so from that uh sample uh that data set they were like oh there's three different metabolic structures that exist fat and protein efficient carbohydrate efficient and dual now i don't subscribe to that but there is a lot to that science because you, you it's determined through a, a lipid profile like I said, the cholesterol, HDL, the and triglycerides. If you take the trigly- uh, total cholesterol number divided by HDL, it gives you an adaptivity quotient. That's what I call it. So how sensitive a person is. So I classify people in two. You're either hyper-efficient or hypersensitive. And guess what? They're pretty much the same. If the caloric deficit becomes too great, metabolism shuts down and it goes into hoard, goes into hoard and collect mode. If the whole Western meta, medical system, if they just looked at like, remember these two things. One, the body always hoards and collects to protect itself. That's one. Two, it always overcompensates. <laughs> so like, right, when people diet, they lose weight. And then when they stop dieting, like, like restrictive diets, they gain it all back plus more. So really, did it work? No, it was just a temporary fix. And that's what all like the mainstream diet programs like, you know, you, you know, the adage a patient cured is a patient lost. And I, I'm not about that. I'm more like, no, let me teach my clients, give your body what it needs so that it's very optimal and efficient. Right. And, uh, and people are like, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, why? There's billions of people here. We're fine. Yeah, there's <laughs> billions of people are fine. Yeah, and that's where the psychology comes in though, too, because most people are like, oh, why am I fat? It's genetic. Like my, I was like, no, it's, it's, it's much more psychological than it is physiological. Do you have certain things that you recommend for 
everybody in terms of ways of eating or ways of approaching diet? Yes. In the sense that I want them to look at calories as they're not adversarial. Like food is not food is your friend. Like stop looking, labeling carbs as bad. Fats is bad, right? Of course, trans fats and trans fats, partially hydrogenated oils are extremely inflammatory for you and we shouldn't be touching them. Um, But then you also don't need a cup of coffee with two sticks of butter and MCT oil, all the, you know what I mean? Right. These are just adaptations in the, you know, of course I'm talking about bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Um, But you know, what I'm saying is, is calories aren't bad. Calories are the energy sources. There's four energy systems in the body, your muscles, your cell membranes, your DNA, and your mitochondria. Some are for storage, some are for energy creation. So they need to get energy from somewhere. Where do they get it from? Oxygen, fats, and carbohydrates. Right. So when oxygen's present, you can use one, utilize one unit of fat to create 38 ATP. That's what makes everything move. That's what makes, so if you're restricting calories, you're not going to be able to move. When you're helping clients lose weight, you assess their uh, basal metabolic rate. Yeah. And then based on that, does that help you determine how many calories they can intake each day? Or what is that? How, how is that used as a tool for you? I, I struggle with that because, so here's the thing, you know, back in the day, you could look up and say, oh, how many calories does the brain use every day? And that, that number was 320 calories a day. Um, now, when I, like, you could be sitting there talking to somebody and their brain's going, duh, 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 oh my God, I got to do this later. Oh my God. Oh, my ex-boyfriend, I hate him. Oh, you know, like they're thinking <laughs> while you're talking to them and that's burning calories and it's, and it's usually utilizing glucose. So the resting metabolic rate um, standard is the core meta breather. You know, uh, it's a 10 minute test you, and it's measuring carbon dioxide metabolic waste product of glucose metabolism. So if that number, let's say they were supposed to have a 2000 calorie basal metabolic rate and they have a 3000. The, they, there could be a, a couple of things. One, they're hyperthyroid. Two, their brain is just on fleek. Like just go, 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 go. Or three, like, you know, do they carry a, a boatload of muscle mass and they really do need that many calories? You've got to kind of make a game time decision on how you're going to feed them. And um, there's only one way to do it. It's like, okay, let's start them off with this and see how their body reacts. I, I, I commonly say we don't live in a lab. You know, there's just, there's infinite variables that are causing stress, relationships, um, uh, financial work, past traumas. There's so many different stressors that all you can really do is give them a program to support their their needs and then make adjustments. Like, like you said, it's, everything's got to be dynamic. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting as you're even talking, there's some people that undergo a lot of stress and lose a ton of weight. And there's yeah. other people that undergo stress and gain a ton of weight. There's a bereavement is really com- uh, common to, to uh, rejection and loss is too where people lose a ton of weight, right? But then there's the stress eaters, right? You're you're in survival mode. So then it's just their appetite, the ghrelin hormone just doesn't shut off. The leptin goes bye-bye. That's your satiety and the ghrelin goes through the roof. And it's just like a puppy. If you put food in front of it, they're going to eat because that's, it's just survival. They're on one track. Eat while the, you know, get while the getting's good, like eat that food, you know? Right. And I mean, the psychological side of that is it's, it's, it's nurturing. Yeah. So yeah, also the, so, it's, a, it's a warm blanket. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but it can go either way. It's either, yeah. it's either depriving yourself of nurture or 
it's indulging in the nurture, but either way, it's, it's really addressing that emotional side of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I was thinking as you were talking too about how a lot of people focus in on gluten-free, dairy-free, mm-hmm. eating meat, not eating meat. I've interviewed sure. people who are really into completely eating meat only in their yeah, the carnivore like, people, yeah. literally just carnivore. Yeah. And then other people who are like athletes and, and a hundred percent vegan. I'm curious, that's, you know, kind of what I'm asking too, when it comes to when you talk to people and I have a feeling, I know kind of like where you're going to go with this, but when you're talking to people about those aspects, is there ever something that you kind of like, like if someone comes in, they're literally just eating red meat. Do yeah. you have your own philosophies on that, on gluten, on dairy, on all of the vegan, those yeah. types of things, those types of diets. You, you know, you, you ask people like about gastric discomfort, you had bloating, distension, acid reflux, constipation, diarrhea. You ask those basic questions. And if they say yes to the bloating, you say, can you pinpoint what's bloating you? Is it cruciferous vegetables? Is it nightshades? You know, like all oh, bread or is it alcohol? Is it fermented alcohol, wine and beer or whatever? So you can start to figure out, okay, they're deficient in alpha galactosidase enzymes and they can't eat certain oligosaccharides and sugars. They're just going to get gassy and bloated. So you tend to, okay, let's move those away. I did have a client that was like meat, like we're talking like beef jerky and chili. Yeah. Picture this. Um, Dallas Mavericks, uh, one of his, uh, one of their former Dallas Mavericks player, now like a trainer, used to send me high-end clients. And, he's like, and he would apologize ahead of time. Sorry, Kevin, I'm giving you a guy He's probably going to be difficult and, but you know, do your work. So I'm like, you got, it. and it was, it was a VP of a standard oil, right. You know, one of the biggest oil companies here in, in, in the United States. And he was good old boy, Texas, you know, and he was all about chili. I was like, listen, let's just, let, let, I, I can't even remember, but I remember looking at the food program. If I showed it to you, if I showed it to like a dozen, especially Californians, they'd be like this. You can't eat this. This is horrible. <laughs> Listen, it made him, he was happy with it and we got results. And I remember his trainer going, how did you do that? I was like, well, we gave him the calories he needed every day. And, it, and like, I was, I did do some negotiation. I'm like, Listen, you, you're going to have to give the one thing up that's making you gain the most weight. And that's alcohol. But I go, but, you know, you, let's do this. And he's like, I can eat this all day. I'm like, good. And we got, the, you know, we got a really great result. The, Anybody that's got their predisposed, like the carnivore snout the tail, yeah, cool, great. Or if anybody's vegan and they're an athlete, cool, great. Uh, are you familiar with the Diaz chart, the D-I-A-S-S? It's, it's, a, it's a chart now that describes biological availability of proteins. You know, where egg scores like a 100. It's a perfect protein. Nothing right. goes to waste. If you eat red meat, you lose 20% heat loss during digestion because of gastric acid. So... But it also is high in methionine. It's high in branched chain amino acids for building muscle. It's great, you know. But at the same time, if you've got a vegan, where am I getting my proteins? We're from legumes, nuts. Um, we're getting it from quinoa. We're getting uh, it from yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny because you're getting so much fiber, and they're getting they're so it's so anti-inflammatory that their body's working more optimal, and it can utilize all of the protein very efficiently. Um, it depends on the type of athlete, you know, endurance, strength, physique, um, or agility, you know, performance athletes. But I, the, the question being, you know, what type of, if they come in with their own thing, yeah, meet them where they are. And, you know, all you can do is make some suggestions. Hey, have you considered? 
Right. I consider myself their partner in this thing. Yeah. Yep. Like I don't, I, nobody really responds. I don't want to say nobody, but a lot of people don't respond well to like a, I'm not the warden of this. Like I'm in charge. Just shut, like people get turned off that really quick. Oh yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've experienced the same, you know, there's certain things that people just happen to like and dislike and certain things yeah. people are drawn to. And I, I mean, I'm a little bit different because I am a chef. I'm not, you know, I'm not coming in as their nutritionist, you know, I always try to meet people where they're at and then again, like introduce them to certain things. But I guess my philosophy has always been to eat as naturally as possible and do things as much from scratch as possible. And I was put on a gluten-free diet when I was 20. So a long time ago, and is before it was really popular. And I learned to make all my own food in terms of like even baked goods, things that I thought I would totally miss out on. And out of that, when I, when more gluten-free products started coming out into the stores, I realized, oh my gosh, like this is just a a trade-off for one inflammatory condition to another because they're filled with sugar and additives and all kinds of things that aren't Yeah. Gluten means gum. And so now they have to add uh, sorghum, guar gum, uh, xanthan gum, all the different binders just to hold Right. And it's the same thing. And I I said, I remember talking to my brother at one point and I just looked at him and he was like, because people say to me all the time, oh, how do you stay so, you know, strict on your diet? I don't think of it as a diet. I don't think of it as strict. I just say there are some things in my brain that are non-food and some things that are food. Mm. And the things that are food are the things that make me feel good. And the non-food is things that is just like, you know, Cheetos. (laughs) Or something you choose to eat that isn't like giving you any nutrient value. Yeah. It has to nourish the body. Right. There's essential nutrients the human body needs every day. Vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, amino acids in certain amounts. Right. Obviously water. Um, I like to dispel myths like where people are like cholesterol is bad. I was like, oh yeah. Cell membranes are made of cholesterol. All your stress hormones are made of cholesterol. Vitamin D is made from cholesterol. Myelin to protect your brain and spinal cord is made of cholesterol. Like, do you need it in your diet? It's like, well, if you put it in your diet, then your liver has to work less hard and they can just utilize, like, for example, egg yolk is primarily cholesterol. Right. You know, it's like, like carbs are bad. Fats are bad. I'm like, why is everything bad? I'm very opposite. I don't want to get into the subject, but whereas like everybody wants to kill a virus, we're not going to say which one. (laughs) I'm like, why are we going to kill a virus? Why don't we just take personal responsibility and boost your own immune system? So that viruses, you know, or we call them stealth uh, organisms, cell wall deficient organisms, they, they can't hurt you. You know, it's like everything, everybody always wants to attack everything and fight everything. I'm like, wait, just give your body what it needs so it's efficient. And then it's like, it's very well protected. It's pretty smart. It's got a whole pharmacy inside of it. You know, That's <laughs> such a great, that's such a great image to have that we have this whole pharmacy inside of us. And yeah, I like I mean, that idea. I think that's why for myself personally, I've, I approach gluten-free differently than most people. I don't buy gluten-free products because mm-hmm. I don't really like most of the right. ones that are out there. You're but trading, you know, trading one, one, one evil for One another. bad thing for another, right. Which is why I start, I'm starting my own food product company. So yeah. I'm actually yeah. putting out uh, these little energy bites that are full, full of vegetables and plant protein because I've been searching for my own, you know, on the go type of product that actually that's I can very feel good about that's exactly so the first question is like oh how'd you come up with your program it's like this was an evolution of i what i wanted in a program and it turns out what i wanted is what a lot of other people wanted too 
when I, I did a, a social media um, promo for the, for Dr. Leaf, it, it hasn't launched yet, but um, right when I was done, the, the girl that worked the social media thing was like, that's what I need this. I was like, yeah. everybody needs this. Yeah. Well, what's yeah, interesting kind of for me, and I'm sure you experience this too, is a lot of people say to me, you help somebody gain a lot of muscle. What's the program? Can, can yeah. I do the same thing? I want to put on muscle. And it's not that simple. I mean, it was a super intricate process. It was not at all like, and listening to you, I resonate with so much. And, and then at the same time, it sounds very complicated, right? So we all kind of need a you in our lives to help guide this, right? Just like people turn to me and they're like, well, I don't know how to make all these foods and make them taste good and blah, blah, blah. But so there are certain things that I get asked all the time. Like people have a lot of confusion about exercise, right? So Mm -hmm. what do you recommend for people in terms of pre-exercise, post-exercise, when to exercise in the day, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is, I guess, like a second question to that, but is there a, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, but is there a format in how you see like optimal eating for a day in terms of carbs in the beginning of the day, blah, blah, blah. Like, is there yeah. anything like that, that you recommend yeah, typically I, First, the first question is you answer, uh, answer a question with a question. What do you want your exercise <laughs> to do for you? Um, because so if somebody walks in and they they want to uh, break a new record, get a new PR for deadlift. You don't go okay, so let's start rowing every day. It's like that's or running. No, like endurance athletes have certain parameters. Strength athletes have certain parameters. Performance athletes have certain parameters. So, fueling for the sport for uh, execution, you know, duration. There's simple rules like one gram of glucose per minute of exercise. If they are in fact eating carbohydrates. Um, I don't recommend a low carb athletes. Uh, you know, there's Ben Greenfield that's out there that does the, he actually wrote the book, the low carb athlete. And I laugh, I don't want to challenge, this isn't a public challenge, but I'm like, I'll put any of my athletes up against your athletes and we'll see who's got more in the tank. All he's doing is replacing ketone bodies with glucose, but it's so much more efficient. Yeah. It doesn't, in my opinion, it it doesn't work as far as like, you know, most people, let's just say they want to lose body fat. And so, yeah, first thing in the morning is to get it done. Um, there's always the uh, fat burning zone, which is 220 minus your age, 70, 80% to get a heart rate rhythm. So we don't want to run and, and elevate uh, cortisol levels to where you're catabolizing muscle and which sets off the adaptive mechanisms in the body to like, oh my God, we're not safe. So the, the whole goal is to preserve muscle mass and start the recovery immediately after the workout, you know? So let's say they're not a vegan and we do a whey protein. Why would we do a whey protein? We want to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, you know, mTOR. We want to get in creatine to increase uh, um, um, cell volume for more ATP. We want glutamine for anti-catabolic effect and epithelial tissue. Uh, we want uh, beta alanine for vasodilation to transport nutrients, things like that. So you would, so, so this is presuming that somebody woke up. Mm-hmm didn't have like had maybe a glass of water, which I, yeah, yeah which <laughs> I think we could both recommend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get and the then, go in and get the al- body alkaline. Yeah. Right. And then go, go out on a run or do some kind of exercise. Yeah. So no food prior to, so the exercise. Could, you know, this is for my predecessor. He, we always did jam and almond butter, like a tablespoon of jam, you know, grandma's jam. It was preserves, right. It was like strawberry and you might see one other um, ingredient in it, pectin you know, which is an, uh, which is an insoluble, uh, plant fiber. 
and right. just do a tablespoon of that. It's liquid sugar. It's getting in sublingually. And a tablespoon of sugar is or a table is going to give you 100 calories from sugar, which is 25 grams, which is going to give you the first half hour. But then when you pair it with the almond butter, now you got the fat, fat slow digesting. You got the one hour run right there. That way you're not starving and you're not crashing. In the endurance world, it's called bonk. You know, when the, it feels like a bear jumps on your back, you're running through cement, you know, wet cement. Um, that's bonking. That's a depletion of the oxygen, uh, lactic acid buildup. Hmm. Um, and um, <laughs> there's just nothing left. So. so then they come back from the run or whatever the exercise is and it's repair hmm. time. Yeah. You know, when they come back though, they got to replace those sugars. Like a banana would be great. And not for potassium or anything like that. Banana, um, depending on how long the run is, you also want to do uh, hydrate water and then uh, electrolyte replacement. Caffeine, no caffeine before the workout. Caffeine's going to pull your blood sugar and you're going to bonk unless, unless you're only working out for an hour. Then you could do a caffeine. It's a lactic acid buffer. It's going to give you a boost. Right. But I still deal with a lot of professional athletes that are tested. So USADA and WADA, there's limitations on what you can recommend. But for the average person. Yeah. And then, and then, so that's, that's interesting to know. Cause a lot of people ask me that all the time about pre-workout, post-workout. It's something mm-hmm. that comes up quite a lot. And so at you what point a big meal, cause then you're going to be all the blood goes to your stomach <laughs> and then you're digesting food and not running. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and then how long after would you recommend waiting to have a, a balanced meal? So I would do something like, so there's three processes in digestion, intake process, eliminate. So if you want to do liquid nutrition right after you're done working out like mm-hmm. a smoothie, right. And then within an hour after that, then you would do a full meal. Cause you know, as the stress hormones are up, first thing that happens is your stomach acid goes down. You don't want to put anything in there like just chicken, sweet potato, veggie. It's just going to sit in there like a brick. So um, you want to have your heart resting heart rate, come back down be completely recovered and hydrated, and then you can have a meal. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that makes sense in terms of what you were talking about earlier too. It's with, um, you know, the reaction to fight or flight, right? If you're, right. if you just come back from a run and you're all elevated, your stress hor- hormone is high, then yeah. you're going to have a higher, what I assume is that you'll have a higher tendency to sort of hold on to that food. Mm-hmm. And instead of, it, which is like the opposite effect of what you're trying to do by going on that, that workout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, th- okay. So back in the nineties, there was all these bodybuilders that had a great look. They looked healthy, but they were also like, you know, 3%, 4% body fat. And I was like, right. who did they work with? And they, it turned out they all worked with my mentor. And I was like, just, and there, there was, I was like, of course I was like a kid in the candy store when I got to sit with him and say, you know, what did you do for Paul Delette? Paul Delette was just six foot three, 300 pound bodybuilder. And I was like, how many calories did you give him? He goes, we just, he didn't say a number. He goes, we just kept giving him food. I was, I thought it was going to be way more scientific than that. He goes, we just kept feeding him. <laughs> he was 300, 330 pounds in the off season, like 290 pounds on stage at 4% body fat. We just kept feeding him. He was like a hot plate. I go, Oh, I thought it was going to be hyper complex, you know, like, Anyway, um, I learned when I started working with a lot of the, uh, the, the top level bodybuilders at Gold's gym was when they did a leg workout, it was, you know, these guys are huge. The next, they, they couldn't actually get in all the calories that day. Commonly you would see them have a day off the next day and they would replace the calories that day. 
And that goes the same for cyclists that do century rides, like hundred mile rides. You're not going to get, or if they run a marathon, you're not going to get the recovery that day. The next day you're going to do like a, um, a, a, a simple cadence on a, on an incumbent bike, you know, flat just to get the lactic acid out, get the hydration in, and then you can replace a lot of those calories. So big workout day, next day, rest and recover. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of times, you know, when I wrestled after wrestling practice, I didn't want to eat. I wanted to sleep. I was like, dead. I wanted to shower and go to bed. That's it. I mean, I I've never done super intense workouts like that. First of all, I've had a thousand knee surgeries, so I can't, <laughs> but I go for long walks and I do my 30 minute of whatever exercise I, I can do. And I I've never craved food right away after. So that's so interesting hearing really the reasons why, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And I think just as much as you're talking about personalizing each person's diet and like how much intake you get before they even speak really. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that information that we get from ourselves and don't necessarily know how to listen to. Right. There's so many people when I, when I bring their numbers together, they go, that's what I thought. You see the, the light bulb go off. And they're so excited because their intuition was, by the way, your intuition's always right. Yeah. Now you've got an issue when your intuition tells you, stay away from that guy. He's a jerk. He's going he's to cheat on you. You still date him. You know, they, we're gonna, I'm going to refer you to some very fine therapists. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, but I think you, you can refer all of every woman in Manhattan to a very fine therapist at this I'm point. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like, listen to your gut. It's, um, the gut bacteria has memory, not uh, not visual memory. That's that's in your uh, amygdala, but actual memories of motion. You, remember, you just have to bring the unconscious to the conscious and make people. Here you go. There, there's a lot of remember. If somebody has a core belief of calories in, calories out, they're afraid of fat. You cannot force them. You have to show them. Try this. Show them the result, and then they start to believe. It's just like a team at the beginning, you know, it's just like, remember the Titans, like, oh, they were fighting by the end. They're the champions. Cause you've got to, you got to come together. Um, you, you, it's, it's a process of building, you know, yeah. um, most people, people aren't made of glass. They're actually surprised at how hard they can actually push themselves mm-hmm. or like for, they might say day one, I could never do that. And then they do. I just was texting with my client this weekend. I said, let's do a reset. She uh, fasted, did 25 hours. She's like, I did it. I'm like, and you're not dead. Go, oh my God. I I was like, Hey, you did it. Hey, can I do one next week too? I'm like, yeah, sure. Wow. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean, I know people aren't seeing me right now, but I'm curious from looking at me and having the conversation with me, what you would, what you have picked up on, or what would you instinctively kind of assess just given a baseline getting to know me? Uh, that's well, the, the, a lot of things you've already said, it sounds like you've done a lot of trial and error and process and work on yourself. You're in a, the, what I'm saying is nutritionally, you're in a good place as yeah. a person. So just eat intuitively. And you're gonna be good <laughs> yeah. Get, get, I mean, obviously um, I don't know what you're with about getting deep into it. Like your heart, like your hormone cycle or your, or there's any issues with that. Then I would say, you know, a restrictive pattern would not be in your best interest. You know, uh, as long as you're getting enough protein and you're balancing your your uh, energy sources, I, I would supplement with the, just the essentials like your your B complexes. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have any issues with absorption due to do your past, 
I would I would make sure that you meth, uh, get methylated B, B12 and B9, things like that. Just, you know, just by just picking up on some of the things you already told me. So, and, and uh, why not? Why not the fasting? Well, you've got a low blood pressure already. So high blood pressure would indicate insulin resistance, insulin sensitivity. When blood pressure increases, remember that's angiotensin causing the uh, artery to constrict, to rid the body of toxins inside the bloodstream. So you've got low blood pressure. You're going to need sodium, magnesium, vitamin D3, and a consistent energy pattern to balance your blood sugars. Cause I'm sure you get hangry. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so if you could, yeah. So if you get hangry, you, you know, but then again, you could try fast intermittent fasting for like three days and see if it goes is see if it, it, it stabilizes your blood sugar. If it doesn't, then I would say consistently eat. I would never start your day with a carbohydrate. You start the day with the protein because you want to get that glucagon to bring your blood sugar back up. Interesting. Um, and then I would concentrate all your carbohydrates middle of the day when you're most active. So it'd be like a bookended program, protein and uh, veggies, protein and veggies, at the end of the day, and then large meal. And, and that kind of goes along with Eastern European, uh, Dutch, Welsh, English, uh, German, uh, Scottish, that whole thing. Mm, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so that, that, yeah, that's your foods. Do you like potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, you know, it's funny. I, I've never liked potatoes or rice. Interesting. Yeah. White, I just white, like white not, starches. huh? The white, white, the white starches. Yeah. I, I, even as a kid, like, it's not like I have a nutritional aversion. It's, it's that right. I literally haven't liked them. I mean, I like French fries, but who doesn't, but I, <laughs> but I, but I haven't been drawn to never been mashed potatoes. I don't care if you're like the, the most amazing mashed potatoes in the world. Oh. I don't like them. Are you a texture person too? Do you enjoy crunch? Oh that? yes. I'm a huge, I'm a huge like diversity person. Like I love, um, all different types of textures, flavors. It's, it's funny because I, I used for like 10 years, I've started the day with a smoothie and I recently switched to oatmeal, but that's so funny because yeah. Um, and I lose weight like crazy fast. If I do any intermittent fasting, like even if it's by accident and I skip breakfast for two days, yeah. I'm like, yeah. is it like fat or is it muscle? Do you feel leaner or do you feel just, are you just less weight? Um, I feel leaner. I mean, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, but I, but I, I, it's not great for me. Like, I don't think right. just not even based on anything scientifically. I just think for me, like I, should have breakfast. Like that's yeah. how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I work with uh, Dr. Rishi Sood now on this project. He's the, um, he is the head of Dr. Daniel Eamon clinics in New York. So, so he, you know, he, he's explained to me, we're really developing extrinsic, not developing, but working on extrinsic motivators, intrinsic motivators for an app development. Like what keeps people engaged? Cause it's really not the program. It's people's consistency of a program. So what's going to keep them on there without being shady either, like, you know, followers and likes to, to keep their ego and the dopamine hits going, you know, that like, we don't want to get people addicted. We want to people get people in, you know, keep them on the program. So they're actually creating the habits that you need. Yeah. So, so Dr. Rishi said, people of your, your type always need a breakfast. It's going to be a high protein. I didn't know how that had to work neurologically. And he, he turned me on to that. He does what's called a spec scan, single photon emitting uh, CT, where they look at different brains, you know, whether it be ADD brain, ADHD brain, um, the traumatized brain, the uh, Alzheimer's brain, the alcoholic brain. And it shows you what, what systems are lit up. And 
it's interesting how diet affects those different uh, neurological patterns. So, yeah, so I'm learning a lot. And but it, you know what's interesting? It goes it, hand in hand with what I already what I already know, just without using a um, quarter of a million dollar machine to figure it out. You know, <laughs> in what way? That machine is insane. It's just, it's as big as this room, and just your head goes in it, and it goes. Mm. I mean, it's, it's also really cool just to have that, uh, reinforcement of, Hey, look, like you can have this crazy, huge machine and, and it's telling it's reinforcing that I'm doing the right thing. Well, there's those people, the, um, they're usually OCD, they're ones and zeros and they like quantitative results. There's some people don't put them on the scale ever. It's how do your clothes fit? How do you feel? It's just about habits you know, focus on the path, not on the obstacles. And then there's other people. No, I want to see data, 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 data. Yeah. I, had, I had somebody in the industry will say they're a, an A-list celebrities wardrobe consultant. She came and rearranged my books in my office. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, these are out of order. I was like, oh my God. That sounds like my best friend. She, every time she comes to my apartment, I'm, I, I look around, I'm like, oh, that's funny. My plant is in a different and like it obviously was her, which I, I love, OCD, I love her so it's, much it's for that. It's all about control. People that, I hate to say this because it's about your friend, people that can, can't control their emotions like to control everything around, around them. Yeah. And it's, it gives them a sense of control and in a chaotic world, they controlled something. And, and so, you know. Super interesting. Yeah. But then they like structure of a program. Yeah. You're like you go here, eat this and this, this exact amount at this time. They're like, I'll do that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's very, it's very interesting to me to see the different personalities. And even with just cooking for people, I really use my background in psychology to Mm -hmm. really better understand where they're coming from and what makes, what motivates them and what makes them tick. And when I have, when I kind of wrap my mind around those things, that's why I really like working with someone for a long period of time, because you really just get in sync with them. And then you can really instinctively understand what is going to suit them best one day versus another and how to best support them through food. And even, even just like happiness, right? Like there's some days that you just need like mom spaghetti. I mean, people shouldn't beat themselves up like, oh, because the the, the guilt and shame around, I, I mean, looking back, I totally had body dysmorphia. Like I didn't realize it. I was like, oh, I'm so skinny. I was 235 pounds at 7% body fat. Everybody's like, and I'm 5'11". Everybody's like, you're not skinny, you're huge. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm not like those guys. Everybody's like, what's wrong with you? I didn't see that. I saw a skinny guy, you know, not big enough. Um, and I would, when I cut weight for wrestling, I would literally drive to the McDonald's after a weigh-in. And, you know, I, I didn't want anybody to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I would get a number six, which is a double quarter pounder, and I would stuff my face. <laughs> But that's what I needed. I needed sugar, salt, and fat. My body felt so much better after I got those calories in. Yeah. The, 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 there's an there's a certain amount of calories a person needs when they have that type of metabolism that shuts off that that um, threat response. And you've got to find out what that number is. There's no machine that actually tells you that. There's no test that actually tells you that. It's going to be a trial and error type thing. But once you find that number out, it becomes so easy. My number is 2,800 calories a day. I have well, to how, how would I figure calories. out my number? Start <laughs> with like, uh, you know, just do a, uh, take your um, take your current weight divided by a kilogram times 24 times 1.2. That'll give you your this many calories in the give your give you those foods for six days and see how you did. 
Interesting. And then if you need more, cal- like if you're always hungry, like, you know, give yourself more calories. Oh God, that was too much of a, I'm like, I don't know if I can answer that question without doing the full thing, you know? Yeah. 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 No, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So I wrap up every podcast by asking the same question, Kevin, what is wellness to you? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? Um, wellness, a wellness is an emotional wellness, uh, a loving yourself. You know, I've adapted my 12 basics, uh, hydration, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and meditation. And I've added to that 12 basics with love and gratitude have to be in your life. You know, I think it was, uh, somebody like somebody said, uh, I want to get to heaven. You want to get to heaven, answer these two questions. You have to answer yes to these two questions. Do you have joy in your life? Yes. Do you bring other people's joy? Yes. Then you're already in heaven. Oh, so, you know, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I, I mean, wellness is, you know, just really loving yourself and, um, start. Yeah. That, that's really what it is. Well, I love that. That's your answer. Given your extensive science background and all of your knowledge that actually at the end of the day, that is wellness. And that's really cool. I if love you know where I came from, I come from Chicago and not in probably a, a tougher part of Chicago. All my friends, we're all, we are all meatheads together and I've really uh, evolved over time. I love them affectionately. They're your great friends and never I have any other friends like them, but at the same time, you know, I knew there was something different out there and I, uh, yeah. I'm still on the path with searching for it. You know, maybe I'm, well, everyone, I mean, look, I think if you don't realize that life is about growing and mm. we can choose to grow, we can choose to grow individually for sure or not, or stay mm. exactly the same. And we can also choose to grow together. So, right. you know, it's, it's a lifelong thing and that's exciting because there's always something new to learn and how to evolve yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As yeah, you, yeah, your, yeah. your family is literally growing. So <laughs> as we speak, as we speak. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. This has been absolutely amazing. And I really appreciate having you on here. Yes. I was so happy to be on here. I'm uh, honored to be on your podcast. Anytime you need anything from me, you know, where to reach me. I'm at your disposal. Um, and I know, you know what I would get, my gut feeling tells me we're going to be working together in, in the future with uh, shared clients or. I love that. I, I would love help. that. You know, we, one of my uh, favorite clients, AJ Buckley, uh, SEAL team, uh, he has a saying, we all rise with the tide. What's good for me is good for you. You know, let's bring it up. I absolutely agree. Thank you, Kevin. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, Kristen, thanks for having me. I learned so much from Kevin today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, all those wonderful things. I hope you have a great day and be well.